All right, welcome to another episode of the Bioinformatics Lab podcast. I'm Kevin Lipwit, joined today with Andrew Page. We're from Theogen, and today we're going to be talking about bioinformatics conferences. There's a ton out there, many different opportunities really around the world to meet, meet up with, connect, share, hear from all the different practitioners across the field. And it can be quite difficult uh, to know exactly where to go, what conferences are available, because there hasn't been really a central repository and an effort to curate all the different bioinformatics conferences until now. Yeah, so uh, Lee Katz from CDC has uh, published on his blog, actually, a long list of all the bioinformatics conferences he could uh, find and think of and when they are and, you know, how often they are, because it gets quite confusing um, kind of remembering all these things. You end up going to the same ones uh, each time. So it's phenomenally good to have just something like that at your fingertips and you can just scan down through it. Um, and of course, conferences are just a fantastic way to meet people. I, you know, during the pandemic, there was a lot of uh, virtual conferences and stuff, which are okay, but actually it's the social interactions which are really important. And I get really energized coming back from a conference, you know, just chatting to so many different people and, you know, e even about topics that are not related to science, you know, it's just to get to know people, you get to know the field better, you get to hear things that you wouldn't normally hear. And then when it comes to setting up collaborations, you know, you have a ready-made group of people and contacts there that you can draw on or you can send stuff their way, you know, the best person for, for the job kind of deal. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoy conferences. And, uh, like, I have a few that I, I really enjoy going to. So in my group of bioinformatics, you got your ABPHM, Applied Bioinformatics and Public Health Microbiology, which is uh, held every two years in Hingston here in the UK. It's about 10 minutes from me. Um, and that was set up, God, about 15 years ago, maybe at, at this point. Oh, maybe longer. Uh, and it's just a really nice, small conference of like literally our fields. Uh, very UK focused, though. And it's uh, it's very much everyone is doing bioinformatics and public health gets together. And it's awesome. You know, nice venue, about 150 people. And yeah, we were there a, a few months ago. Yes, and that was my first time attending that conference. As you said, it's relatively UK focused. I would say a bit even Eurocentric. Some folks outside of the uh, of the UK, not very many Americans out there. I think uh, whenever we were out there, maybe there was uh, you know, less than ten US folks out there. Um, and going into that conference, it's pretty difficult to get to. It's in Hingston, right? And it's one of those conferences that. When I was looking at it, it's like, oh, I can't wait to go there in England. And then you're looking, it's like, oh, how the heck do I get to Hingston? I got to fly into, uh, I think, Cambridge and take a train or, or whatever it is. And as I was planning, I was a bit frustrated. Like, why, why didn't they just hold it in London? It would have been so easier to just get in and get out. But then when I got to Hingston, I was like, oh, this is sweet. This is a campus. It felt like it was a dedicated space. You're away from the bustle. And it was it was a whole, you're on a campus. You're not in a city. You're, you're in, in the campus there. And you're able to concentrate with a really concentrated group of people on uh, the field of applied public health um, bioinformatics. And I thought it was an incredible one to go to uh, for the first time. I hope more U.S. folks are able to, to attend. Absolutely. And I, like I worked on a campus for many years in the Sanger Institute and uh, I absolutely love it. You know, it's a beautiful green campus. Uh, it was originally a hunting lodge for one of these Ooh. super rich English people many years ago where, you know, you go off to hunt and drink and, and smoke. And uh, so that they, you know, they've turned all of that uh, and very lovingly restored parts of it and integrated new bits to make this very beautiful conference center. So I really enjoy it. 
um going back there it's only 10 minutes from my my house so you know it's an easy one to get there for me <laughs> unlike you you know it's planes trains and automobiles um but yeah uh the u.s equivalent then is asm ngs uh, next generation yes. sequencing pipelines uh just everyone calls it asm ngs and uh, you've been there before i know because i've met you there yeah, that, that's a great one. I, I would definitely say that's the analog to the ABPHM world. It, it's it's not super technical. It's also very applied. So there's a huge overlap with academia and public health scientists. So I first got introduced to that conference when I was at the Virginia State Public Health Laboratory, and we were going through this exact exercise of which conferences should we go. And we saw this announcement from ASM um, because sometimes we go to the ASM or we used to go to the ASM microbe conference which is a huge general one which is like you know five thousand people in a major u.s city but that can be a bit overwhelming yeah you know maybe you follow the the microbial or the uh, public health track but still it's it's a little too big to be feel um super effective in that way whereas asm and gs i love that kind of smaller size conference i would even say maybe mid-sized conference about 150 or so people where you can essentially know everybody in the whole, or at least get a chance to meet all of the speakers one-on-one uh, at, during uh, the sort of networking events. And that's, you know, how ASM NGS uh, is also done. So for the U.S. folks, a lot of the state practitioners, a lot of the state public health bioinformatics uh, working group folks attend that one regularly, and you're going to get a good insight in terms of the major U.S. programs, in terms of, um, you know, the PulseNet initiatives, the HAIs in uh, ARLN programs and all the different bioinformatics applications associated with that also every two years. And, oh, it's worth noting, ABPHM was held last year, so there won't be one in 2024, whereas ASMNGS, there will be one in October of this year. And they deliberately did that because the two conferences are sister conferences. And so they deliberate, and, you know, a lot of shared people on committees, so they, they deliberately staggered them in that fashion. And actually within our little community as well, usually there's a, a hackathon associated with one of those. And so the last uh, APPHM, I ran a hackathon before it um, in, in Cambridge in one of the colleges there. And I know I've I've uh, been to hackathons as well at ASM and GS, you know, before or after, depending on how it all works out. And it's quite nice because, you know, they're microbial bioinformatics hackathons. We've even numbered them, you know, because you've had so many, I think we're up to about nine or 10 at this point. It's, it's kind of crazy, you know, that we've sustained yeah. it for so long. And it's informal. It's just someone goes, oh, yeah, it, the conference is here near us. I'll organize a hackathon. And uh, it just seems to work out. So I'm actually looking forward uh, to ASM NGS next year when someone is going to organize a hackathon. Don't know. <laughs> Probably won't be me because I'm not in the US. <laughs> we'll, we'll see who we can find as a volunteer. Yeah, maybe we'll put our name in the hat of being able to organize those efforts. Um, but like you said, also in the beginning, those hackathons help to encourage that network building and community building because you have dedicated days where you work on a specific project and you stay in your little group to just focus and figure out, oh, how does this person think? What is their background? What do they add to this context? What can I add to this context? So I am, especially maybe for younger or earlier career scientists uh, who are thinking about these conferences, there's often fellowships. Uh, student travel support and things like that associated with these conferences. I know for sure ASM and GS had these uh, be available because I was a beneficiary of some of these. Um, and I know ABPHM um, and the hackathons there that you set up some travel support for a lot of uh, students yeah. and, and other practitioners. They in fact, we, we've, 
we found it difficult to even give money away because some people work for government and they're not allowed yeah. to take uh, take money from say foreign governments or, or or grants like that and so we actually found it quite difficult to even give money away for some of these hackathons uh, even though we have it so you know there, there's always you know a way and a means you know if you really want to get somewhere we'll find a way it, uh, it's an interesting problem to have, but so, the, and that was actually, I think the, the impetus for Lee's in creating this list, you have a fiscal budget and you're trying to figure out where do you want to uh, go in the conferences. That's huge on the government side is, you know, a year prior to actually going to these things, you have to dictate or, uh, you know, articulate where you want to go. So hopefully for the more technical applied folks, I think those are two really great conferences. It's not crazy academic into the nuances of new algorithms more so it's a highlight of hey how have the best practice algorithms been applied and have been implemented and then there's maybe some on the edges of uh newer applications in terms of things like um you know metagenomic amplicon based uh sequencing that's like some of that uh gets uh talked about there but mainly mo- the yeah. part of it is implementation and utility on the public health side so what do you think of these mega conferences? Like here in the UK, we have a Microsoc, and that's like, again, 5,000 people. Yeah. And then I've been to say ISMB a few times, and that is absolutely ginormous. And then AGBT as well, which yeah. is more sequencer focused. And that's, again, so packed. You know, <laughs> what, what's your opinions on these? I, you, I am not a huge fan of them at this point in my career. Because uh, I like the the concentrated networking component where it's a small group of people that I'm communicating with and, and discussing ideas with um, over a week or so. I would say when I was earlier in, I loved be, I loved the the glitz and glamour of the huge event. And when I first got in, it was like, oh, the field of microbiology is intense. I remember like the the, the keynote speakers at ASM uh, Micro were always like wild. I think if I remember 2016 or so, I think it was like Bill Gates who was up there. I was like, wow, micro. Yeah. So it was something like, okay, this is really uh, mind blowing, but it's so exhausting. I think it's uh, for me, it was five days and you're trying to figure out where to go. It's usually spread across multiple buildings uh, in a huge, a huge city um, that it's a bit overwhelming on my end uh, for, to, to to take much away from uh, 5,000 attendee meeting. Uh, But I understand the exposure. So I feel like if you're just getting in the field, Going into that is going to be a crazy splash into the ocean of what's happening across uh, the field in, in a huge swath, comprehensive sort of conference. What about you? So what I found with, on that? What, what yeah. I found with some of these big conferences is all the talks you want to go to are usually all at the same time in like five yeah. different parallel <laughs> sessions. And it's like, I can't spit myself. And then, you know, there's gaps where there's nothing really. And that's the problem where, you know, uh, conferences where they might have 10 parallel tracks and often you'll get side meetings bolted on as well um onto those and it's like there's so much going on and so much interesting stuff and so many people you're just it can be overwhelming at some sometimes and you just can't get to do everything you want to do so it, it, there is you know very careful uh timetable management there um, yeah. to get the most out of it and then it can be a bit exhausting as well you know because they can run from very early to very late um yeah, yeah. and then you're you're obviously networking later you know well yeah yeah so but also with like abphm and i think asm ngs is like this as well gmi where we spoke about earlier this year, it's, you know, less than 200 people. So it's, it, which is large enough or rather small enough where you can have a single plenary session for all the talks and then uh, poster sessions for uh, throughout. So 
everybody is able to hear every talk, all the important talks. It's not like that schedule conflict that you discussed. It's we're all talking about the very specific things we all have traveled uh, to speak about. And I, I like that feel. It, it feels effective. It feels pragmatic um, and uh, effective in, in terms of being able to travel to these things. And I guess the uh, the phage conference is going to be, you know, a big thing on the, on the radar, you know, in the future. Yes, yes phage, definitely. That was got to be my favorite conference in terms of venue and production was unbelievable. I, I unmatched, really. I think um, uh, the phage secretariat did an incredible job out there in the Stellenbosch region in a vineyard overlooking just the beautiful landscape that is South Africa. And that is also one that's going to be held every two years. I think the next location is still to be determined um as the last one was just uh, a couple of months ago yeah and then there, i guess there's uh, mm which is on a uh, it's more the epi side of uh, the yes. micro micro you side. gone to this conference so i was at mm in bath yeah yeah oh, okay it, it's pretty cool um but it's slightly bigger as well uh it's probably what 300 people but it is one session and yeah. uh, i i really enjoyed it and it was all the same people actually who go to abphm and uh asm and gs yeah it, it's the yes. same place you see all the time you know particular small little niches i thought that you don't really see them um but yeah that's another really really nice one yeah and then on the u.s side we analogous to mm again a lot of those european conferences you don't see a lot of u.s folks there which is actually a bit of a an un unfortunate circumstance because there, there yeah. could be so much more collaboration. So for example, the first, I would say European meeting I, I went to, which isn't really just a European specific one, but it was held in Brussels was the uh, Gate, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates grand challenges. It was held out in Brussels. And, you know, I've been going to the U S conferences that the ASM NGS is the APHLs that, that we haven't spoken on, but all the U S uh, you know, trade shows as it were on our end. And then I went to the Brussels conference for the first time being in Europe. And I realized how isolated I had been to the whole European, African and Asian uh, practitioner network. And they all knew each other. And I was like, oh man, I had, there was a whole cohort of practitioners that uh, I was just meeting for the first time. So if there's Americans out there listening to this, if it's at all possible from your institution to get international funding, huge recommendation to, to see if you can get the funding. Uh, to make that leap over to the ABPHMs, the MMs, uh, and all the like, because uh, that that global network is yeah. just becoming more and more relevant uh, as things progress. I guess what we're talking about is more um, society conferences and academic conferences, but there is a totally different category of uh, kind of pure commercial conferences, commercial companies that just run conferences on topical topics. And th there are a lot of them, and uh, the quality I've found, I've interviewed them, it, it can vary substantially. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't get the same out of it, you know, it's very much more about networking than about the actual talks and science, a little bit, you know, a little bit of that. But then it, it, you have to be very careful when you go to them because it can be very expensive mm -hmm. and you may not get very much out of it. Um, particularly if you're, you know, at an earlier stage in your career, you pretty much won't get anything out of it unless you're for a job, you might yeah. get hired. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that, it's a very stark difference. And of course, all these society conferences, you know, will have a lot of studentships and low fees for members and, you know, things like that. Whereas these commercial conferences are, you know, it's it's purely for, for the money, um, yeah. which is okay. And it can be sometimes difficult to distinguish between the two of them, Um, I found. Yeah, so I, again, for the folks that are planning conferences, looking to <laughs> plot out your year of travel, 
Lee put this great list together. You'll see links to all the different conferences uh, from his uh, curated I don't know, database or, or page of, uh, of conferences. I don't know how active he's keeping it up to date. Maybe, you know, as uh, other practitioners here in the field, we can help to help to relieve that burden and make sure things are updated and accurate. Um, but I think those are more or less the, the major conferences we hit. We talked about ABPHM, ASM, NGS, um, MM, and ASM. Uh, what else did we talk about? Oh, oh, the APHL conferences on the U.S. side. Yeah. Those awesome. Are ones. Well, I think we'll uh, leave it there then. You know, we could talk about conferences all day, but uh, I think absolutely. Gotta... And likely we'll do conference specific ones every time we go to these different ones. So, yeah, good luck with everyone on your conference planning. We'll see you in the next one.